Welcome to Copilots, the podcast where we watch not just the first episode of a show, but also the second. Some shows just don't have the best pilot episode, and giving that a second chance might just change your mind. Here we take that chance for you, and let you know our opinion on if a show deserves more than one shot. I'm Justice, alongside me is my co-pilot Josh. Now, let's get ready for takeoff. Your in-flight intimate this time will be a pup named Scooby-Doo. So, I think the thought process here was, we just reviewed a Scooby-Doo origin story in the form of Daphne. Velma. That's what I meant. Velma. And that show was uh, definitively not good. Yeah, I was going to say garbage, but let's be completely honest here. That's not what happened here. What happened here is we both watched the first episode of Velma and we're like, I don't want to watch another one. Do you want to do something? Something like completely different? And then it was just like, well, you know, a pup named Scooby-Doo could technically be tied to like that. So yeah. like we could just do a pup named Scooby-Doo instead. And then we eventually decided, fuck it, we'll finish with the second episode of Velma and we'll do a pup named Scooby-Doo later. Is Velma better or worse than the worst show we reviewed prior to Velma? Ah, uh, you know, I don't know. I really don't. It also becomes a big question of what is the worst show prior to Velma. Yeah. My brain instantly wants to like snap to Kiss Sis. Yeah, but you know what? Kiss Sis had, I would argue, better animation. I mean, it's an anime. And better voice acting. That's fair too. And at least felt genuine in what it was trying to do. Was what it was trying to do, in my opinion, good at all? No, but did it feel genuine and like the people involved actually kind of cared about it? Yeah. Yeah, the people involved were definitely cared about that show. Santa Incorporated might be the worst show we've reviewed other than this. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah. I mean, other than Velma. This is a pup named Scooby-Doo. Yeah. From, from 1988, a Cartoon Network original. Now only found in the deep, deep recesses of Boomerang. It's all yeah. coming back to you now. Because Boomerang is where your cartoons from your childhood go to die and remind you that you're old now. Yeah, yeah, you are. But episode one is entitled Bicycle Built for Boo. Do you get it? Instead of two, boo, it rhymes, but boo's scary. Boo is scary. He turned one of the Z fighters into a chocolate candy and ate him. I knew you were going to make a Dragon Ball reference. So we open with the pup named Scooby-Doo opening theme song. And honestly, it's just delightful. Like that's that's the best way to describe it, right? It's it's like a it's like a giant dose of nostalgia yeah. right into my veins. And the crazy thing is, like, I did watch this when I was a kid, but like reruns, right? Because yeah. it came out in 1988. It ended in like 1992, 1993. Yeah, it did not run super long. Yeah, they, they and they really stretched the last like season two seasons out because the last season two seasons were like six episodes each or something, which is crazy. And they spread them out across two years. Fucked up. Kind of like what they did with Steven Universe, right? Where they like I don't sp- fucking know. Spread those episodes out as long as possible, like an episode a month or some shit. I've got no idea, man. Oh, but yeah, this theme song rocks. It just it's got a classic rock vibe. It feels like something straight out of the '60s. Yeah, like with the guitar tones and which you rhythms. know is a good thing if we're talking about Scooby Doo, which you know came out in the '60s. I. Th- I think Scooby-Doo started in the 50s. I don't fucking know, but it came out around that time originally. They were yeah. Scooby-Doo. Yeah. And so after our delightful intro, we start with opening narration from Shaggy. And he introduces us to the city of Coolsville and tells us that his boss comes by his house every morning to drop off a bunch of newspapers. Why? Because, yeah, Shaggy has a paper route and he takes them all and delivers them on his bike. Yep, and that means he's up early every morning. Well, mostly every morning. This morning he's overslept. That's okay, because if he oversleeps, his personal alarm clock will wake him up. His pup. His pup named Scooby-Doo. 
Scooby-Doo. Yep. Honestly, I know we're only like probably two minutes into the review, but this show is a delight. Yeah. It's it's so refreshing after Velma. Velma yeah. was toxic and like it felt like Velma hated everybody. Mm-hmm. Like Velma, like there there's a concept in comedy where you strike where you punch up, or in yeah. some cases punch down. Punching down is bad comedy. Velma wasn't punching up or down. It was just punching everybody. Dude, it, it was just swinging fists wherever it could. Flailing about, hoping something landed. And nothing but, did. Yeah. But yeah, this show, on the other hand, is just such a refreshing breath of fresh air. The animation for this first season is all hand done. Yeah. It's beautiful. It's very good. Oh, sorry. Yeah. So... Scooby wakes up Shaggy. Mm-hmm. And Shaggy tells Scooby to go to get everything ready for his bike route. So we see Scooby kind of launch out the window. And he goes to, like, roll up and bind the newspapers for Shaggy's bike route. And he does this, obviously, with the one thing we all know Scooby-Doo has, retractable Swiss Army Claws. Yeah, I will say, versus the original Scooby-Doo, where are you? A pup named Scooby-Doo is a lot more cartoon. Yes, it is just cartoony to the extreme, particularly when it comes to Scooby. Yeah, Scooby Where Are You was was very grounded. Yeah, and like other than the chase scenes that it become known for, and like some crossovers they would do, like with the Adams Family, Scooby Doo itself very grounded in reality. Pup named Scooby-Doo, less grounded in reality. Very fun still. Yeah, so he uses his Swiss Army Claws to cut the bandy on the newspaper and start rolling them up and just tossing them over his shoulder into the basket on um, Shaggy's bike. Yeah, and so then he goes to move one and we see someone off screen grab it and Scooby's just like, thanks. It's a very Scooby and Shaggy bit, like even from where um, Scooby-Doo, where are you? Where Scooby and Shaggy will be doing something, and then somebody will hand them something and helping them. They'll be like, oh, thank you. Before they turn and realize, oh, it's the monster. Which, guess what? Oh, it's the monster. And the monster looks like this weird, slimy, amphibian creature of some sort. Yeah, it's really weird. Like, this monster feels like it should have been the monster in the second episode. Yeah, honestly, from my memory at least... The monsters never feel the most cohesive to what's going on in the story. Yeah, because in this episode, the monster is called the something ghost. Yeah. The green ghost. Uh, in the next episode, it's called the sludge monster. And this one looks like a radioactive sludge monster. Yeah. But the ghost then growls at Scooby and goes, I want that bike. And then grabs Shaggy's bike and runs off with it. Well, I mean, rides off on it. Yes, rides off on it. And Scooby being Scooby. Dives back into the bedroom window of Shaggy, crawls into the blankets, and Shaggy's like, Scooby, not in the bed. My mom will get mad at you. Well, he's literally just like, my mom will have a cow. Yeah, that's right. And then comments that Scooby looks like he saw a ghost. And then, of course, so Scooby points out the window and... Ghost! Yeah, and then he manipulates his body to make himself a tiny version of it and roars. Turns his head upside down. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. When he roars, his... There's like a tiny version of it popping out on his tongue. Very Aliens-esque. Yeah. Again, very cartoony. Yes, extremely so. So Shaggy in narration goes, So obviously, I called a meeting of the Scooby-Doo Detective Agency to gather everybody together to help figure out who stole my bike. Yeah, but I think it's actually called the Scooby-Doo Investigation Agency. You might be right. Um, Fred... 
introduces his biggest bit for this entire series. Well, I would like, like okay. just... Yes, go ahead. Sorry. So, in our transition there, we get a very, very cartoony shot of... It's a tree. Oh, they're going to be in a treehouse, which is... It's fair. They are in a treehouse. But we pan up for quite a while before we actually get there, and this tree's, like, super wibbly-wobbly, very, very cartoony, like, really a Susian tree. It's very Susian. It's probably got, like, a hundred steps, if not more, to get up to the treehouse. Yeah, and then we get there, and it's just, like, this tiny little shed, basically, on top of it. And so, up in the treehouse, Fred introduces us to his major bit throughout the entirety of the series, and that is, he knows who did the crime, he knows who stole the bike, it's the neighborhood bully, Red Herring. Yeah. Meanwhile, Daphne is insulting Shaggy's bike, who would want that old rusty thing? Yeah, why would someone take his rickety bike? And she's also like, ghosts don't exist, because Daphne's big thing in this is ghosts don't exist. That's her yeah. major character trait in Pup Name Scooby-Doo. They're also all commenting on how Shaggy's hand the theft of his bike really well and then we kind of just like pan left and we see shaggy just on the ground both arms and legs flailing being like i want my bike back having a tantrum is great and velma's bit throughout this show and in this episode is she's she doesn't say anything she just goes around the magnifying glass and like inspects stuff and draws your draws the audience attention to certain things. Yes, I do believe correctly if I remember. I think it's in the same song also. Velma does machines. Velma does machines. Yeah. Uh, she does talk, but like not very often, not in this scene. Yeah. So when Fred accuses Red Herring, he pulls down a picture of Red Herring, which she just has like on a pull like on a shade, pulls it down and points it out. And then that picture fades into Red Herring himself walking down the sidewalk, laughing in like a mutley from wacky races kind of style and then he just kicks some trash cans yep and so he walks off towards the, end of the screen and we see a bush walk onto the screen and it's the entire scooby gang and then we get shaggy narrating what they're doing which is following red out to red's base in the weird woods it's wild how everybody has a hideout in this show don't you have a hideout not anymore what those, a basic bitch those are a bygone time a bygone thing for a bygone era but anyways as they're creeping through weirdo woods shaggy and scooby are creeped out because there's rumors of a swamp monster yeah and right when they mention the swamp monster and talk about how they're creeped out daphne screams but it turns out it's because she got one of her boots her brand new go-go boots stuck in the mud yeah and so shaggy's like hm, daphne's almost as scared as dirt as me and the scuba are swamp monsters and then something reaches out of a puddle of mud and starts singing about how its girlfriend is a bitch and it hates her. So then something reaches out of a puddle of mud and starts singing about how everything's so blurry. So then something reaches out of a puddle of mud and starts singing about how they're a psycho. None of these jokes are landing. No, I- they're bad. But they're all <laughs> staying in. I refuse to acknowledge that as a joke, though. But it is a swamp monster. It scares Shaggy and Scooby. They all start running and turns out to be Red dressed up as a swamp monster to scare yeah. them. I just like how you no-sold all of my puddle of mud jokes. Yep. So then Fred, being Fred, jacuses Red Herring. Because there's a blue bike. Mm-hmm. We should mention Shaggy's was red. Yeah. But Fred's just like, I bet it's painted blue. So then he just pulls like a fucking sander out of nowhere. It's a sandblaster. Yeah, straight up. And just starts sending down sections of Red's bike. Guess what? Nope. Not Red anywhere underneath it. Red in anger gets on his bike and runs over Fred with it. Yep. Uh, and because it's a cartoon, Fred now has bike tread across his face. Yeah. And he's like, he doesn't admit he's wrong. He's still very vaguely insisting that it's Red. He just doesn't know how he did it. Yeah. They also, at this point, have to pay Red back for the bike that they destroyed. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And then Velma says her first word of the episode. Aha. 
And it's something like Red's bike tire was right on track. Yeah. She realizes that they can follow the tracks from Shaggy's bike to find out where the ghost that stole it went. Yeah. So she runs an analysis on Shaggy's bike treadmark. Mm -hmm. And then they have Scooby sniff it down. I don't understand why the analysis was needed. But you know what? It's a cartoon. And I don't care. They have to bribe Scooby with a Scooby snack to do this, though. Actually, I don't think this is where they bribe Scooby with a snack for the first time. I think you're right. It's not in my notes. It was just me misremembering it from watching it. Yeah, but this is where they introduce their preferred method of transportation in the show, which is Velma's rocket-powered skateboard that they all ride around on. Do you think that's why the Nickelodeon show is called Rocket Power? No. I mean, I I just can't think of any other reason to be called Rocket Power other than rocket-powered skateboards. Yeah, but I don't think so. I'm going to go with no. Mm. It would be a weird leap. Anyway. They then ride this rocket-powered skateboard, which... Even if it wasn't rocket powered, they would still be going this fast because Scooby is running faster than the skateboard and pulling them along. Yep. And he pulls them right up to the Daily Blabberer, which happens to be the newspaper company that Shaggy works for delivering newspapers. And Scooby pulls them up into the office and up into, into an elevator and all the way up to like the top floor where they run into Conrad, who is Shaggy's boss. And I'm pretty sure he's voiced by the same person that voiced George Jetson's boss. Maybe, yeah. But he berates the kids and tells them that a printing press is no place for a bunch of children to be spending their time. I mean, not at first. At first, he is pretty genial and laments with Shaggy about Shaggy's bike. Fair enough. And while he's doing that, Scooby is still sniffing around. And it's only when Scooby comes across a like pile of goo that looks Green a powder. lot like the monster that the boss tells him to leave it alone. It's his printing ink. Yeah, it's green powder is mm-hmm. what it is. And then Scooby starts to sneeze. He bounces all around the walls, almost falls on the window gets ran through the printing press and machine becomes a newspaper shaggy makes a bit about you've made the front page scoob yeah and then conrad angrily kicks them out which is justified at that spot (laughs) a living animal just went through his printing press and somehow became newspaper yeah and didn't just die i think i kicked them out too scooby then outside of the news building continues to follow the scent of Shaggy's bike. This time they end up outside of a place called the Ferguson Estate, which is widely renowned as the most haunted place in all of Coolsville. This and is this is where Scooby won't go in. Yeah. And he's freaking out. And Daphne bribes him with a Scooby snack. And then here's the thing that I thought only occurred once. I was fairly certain each time he got a Scooby snack, he did like a little different animation response. Most of the time it's just him blasting off into the sky like yeah, a he, rocket. He just turns into a rocket, blasts off in the sky, and then floats back down. Yeah. And that's like most most episodes of the show. Yeah, I don't know why I thought that was a, like a one-time animation, and then there were other ones. Look, it's hand animated. They had to go back and reuse as many cells as they could. Yeah, and anyways, though, they head in, and Fred says they'll find a lot more if they stick together, so they should split up to cover more ground. I love this. I love that Fred's like, we'll have a better chance of finding it fast if we stick together, so we should split up. To cover more ground. And then Daphne goes to protest, but it doesn't do anything, and we split up into our classic grouping of Shaggy, Scooby, and Velma, and Fred and Daphne. So Shaggy, Scooby, and Velma go to the backyard, and Daphne goes with Fred in the backyard, Scooby checks the cellar only to find the green ghost. He opens opens the cellar doors and the green ghost is... He freaks out, screams, they yell, panic, and knock it down back into the storm cellar and then block the door with a bar. Yep, and the green ghost yells for them to get out. They quickly oblige him and start running Mm -hmm. and they they run directly into Daphne and Fred who really haven't got to do anything yet. Yeah, and then Daphne's making a joke about Shaggy acting young for his age because the way he's stuttering and then Shaggy's just like, "The, the, the, the ghost 
was here. And Daphne's like, there's no such thing as ghosts. Uh, eventually, he manages to get the words out. Like you said, Daphne yeah. dismisses the existence of ghosts. And then a voice from off screen says, yes, there is. And out walks Shirley McClue. World famous medium. Yes. They've got a third eye. And Shaggy says, medium? You look more like an extra large to me. Nah. Which, <laughs> it's supposed to be a fat joke, I think? No, I think it's because they were quite tall. Okay. Uh, that, that's, that's, that's fair, yeah. They are tall, but only like in regards to a child. Yeah. Anyways, though, Shirley's like, wait a minute, I'm getting a message. From the other world. It says you should get out. It's not safe here or something like that. Get out, get out, get out. And then Shirley McClue leaves. Yep. They then find a trail and Shaggy's bike fender, but only after finding a spy camera that Shirley dropped in the grass. Yep. So Fred postulates that Shirley McClue is an alien and that they need bikes for their world invasion plan. Uh, which is more ridiculous than ghosts. They follow the trail. Fred tra- has big conspiracy in this throughout the entirety of the series this fred is as much character assassination as the fred and velma but this one's fun yeah this fred is the fred that would grow up to be a a right-wing conspiracy theorist except he learns and gets better and now he uh as an adult he's not that because he learned i mean who who are we kidding though fred like old school fred was also a right winger yeah i mean he was in the closet but he was also a right winger Mm -hmm. yes i think fred is canonically gay i think that it makes his character it makes his character a little bit more layered yeah anyway though so they find shaggy's bike bumper and tracks that lead into the house and they follow this track into the house where they immediately fall through the floor and into the basement, which is yeah. filled with cash. I mean, that is preempted by Fred and me, like, right before that saying, don't worry, stick with me and I won't let you guys down. And then they fall through the floor. That's actually funny. I missed that. Mm-hmm. And the crew then celebrates because they're now rich. Like, this is so much money that they just fell a floor and didn't get injured at all. Yeah. I mean, it is a cartoon. They wouldn't have got injured anyways. But, like, the entire room is filled with cash. Yeah, to the degree that when they fall through and land in it, Fred says, ah, the aliens must have vaporized Fort Knox. And this is where they're keeping all the money. Velma then realizes that all the money has the same serial number. I mean, before that, hmm. Shaggy's like, it doesn't matter about my bike anymore. I can buy, like, a million new bikes. Yeah. So Shaggy then opens the door looking for more money, only to then find the green ghost. Yeah, I mean, you. but before that, you were saying Velma oh, yeah. looks at all of the money and finds that they all have the exact same serial number. Yes. And concludes that, oh, well, actually, I don't think she says she it She doesn't here. say it here, no. no. Uh, any vaguely astute viewer would know that that would imply that this is counterfeit. Yes. But she does not say that yet. Instead, Shaggy opens that door, encounters the green ghost, and then Velma presses a button and the entire crew fall down a slide into a further secret sub-basement where they then find another printing press. Yep. Where they then also then... Find Shaggy's bike chain. I mean, again, no, you're skip- sorry. They don't find the bike chain. Not yet. Again, you're skipping all the Fred stuff because Fred has another theory now. And he thinks that the Martians are printing brochures to lure people back to their planet so they can eat them. God, Fred. And oh. then they find Shaggy's missing bike chain. No, they find Scooby's missing Shaggy's missing bike first. Down- yeah, yeah, yeah. Scooby finds it down some stairs. And then Vela says, Jinkies, and realizes that the chain from the bike is missing and that the printing press now has that bike chain. Yep. And then the monster shows up and we get a monster chase. Which also means in a pup named Scooby-Doo, we get a specific song themed around the monster chase. Yes, it's not bad. It's very repetitive, but fun. And kind of doo Yeah. Very doo So, during the chase scene, Velma loses her glasses. Yep. And also, the chase scene involves a dance break, mm-hmm. which is also, like, just a staple of a pup named Scooby-Doo. Yes. And so, Velma loses her glasses, but when she finds them, she has luckily ended up around more of that ink that we saw at the newspaper. 
Yes, the ghost has Fred, Daphne, and Shaggy cornered, but the ink, the ink that Velma found, is the same powdered ink from the newspaper, and so it sets off a sneezing fit with Scooby again, mm-hmm. and this ends up knocking him into the ghost, which knocks the ghost into the printing press, and the, the ghost is now stuck in the printing press. And now we are stuck in figuring out the plot. And Fred here explains to us what what's happened is that Shirley McHugh, who is a Martian, has- It's actually a spy- and he's starting to go off on a rant, and then Daphne and Velma open a door where we see Shirley McClue is tied up. Yes. And we learn very quickly that Shirley McClue is a treasury agent investigating the counterfeit money. And then Fred's like, oh, well, then it must be red. And then Daphne and Velma lay out that uh, actually, in fact, it's, it's Shaggy's boss, Mr. Conrad. And then he stole the bike because he needed a new special chain for the printing press, and Shaggy's very specific 1950-something cherry red da-da-da-da-da bike came with that specific chain he needed for the printing press and yep. it was a perfect fit so and so then we go to basically our wrap-up of the episode where we are ending them all in like a malt shop discussing the fact that shaggy is now looking for a new job which fred mentions is a good idea because shaggy still owes them for finding the bike and it comes out to about 25 dollars that he owes them well it's specifically the scooby-doo investigation agency charges 10 cents a day plus the cost of snacks for the entirety of the case which in this case ends up being $25 because of Scooby-Doo. Yes. And then that's the end of the episode. Yep. So what are your thoughts on episode one of A Pup Named Scooby-Doo, A Bicycle for a Boo? I'm going to be honest. I don't like A Pup Named Scooby-Doo as an origin story for Scooby-Doo. Yeah. Like, it's a fun cartoon, but I feel like the Scooby gang probably didn't actually start, like, becoming friends until high school. So Velma's got that much right, except for some of it, like... They're not really friends. Yeah. They definitely didn't, like, start out as childhood friends. They're all from vastly different, like, socioeconomic backgrounds. Yeah. They were put together through the fact of American public education system. Mm -hmm. That said, the show is incredibly fun, and it's it doesn't take itself seriously. It knows it's a cartoon, and that, like, unlike... Scooby-Doo, where are you? Where, like, there's not a lot of, like, cartoon gags other than the size of the sandwiches Scooby and Shaggy eat. Yeah. And the chase scenes. This show has cartoon gags. Scooby becoming a newspaper, Scooby being able to shapeshift for a gag, not for, like, an actual ability. But it's all very humorous, and it's got a very nice dosage of doo-wop. I hope I didn't take everything you wanted. No. Cool. I mean, I agree with a lot of that. But I would also like to point out that I mentioned it briefly in Velma, I believe, mm-hmm. that this is one of the few things where my mind is blanking on the actor's name, which is annoying because I didn't know it off the top of my head last time. But Fred's voice actor, it's one of the few things where it's not the same actor. I think it's one of like the two animated appearances of Scooby-Doo where he is not voicing Fred. Which is just... Frank Wal- Frank Walker? Yeah. Frank Walker is not Fred in a pup named Scooby-Doo, which I only mentioned because it is one of the things that was a linking factor for me to be like, you should just watch a pup named Scooby-Doo instead. But yeah, no, a pup named Scooby-Doo is enjoyable. Honestly, my favorite part has to just be Fred's dumb conspiracies. They're just fun. Anyways, on to episode two. Before we do, okay. um, the actor's name you were looking for for this show is Carl Stevens. That's not the... what I was looking for. I, was, I don't know the actor from this show's name. Uh, I was thinking Frank Welker. I could not remember oh, Frank Welker's bad. name is what I was saying. Okay, my bad. Onwards to episode two then. The Sludge Monster from Earth's Core. I feel like you did that intentionally just so you could say the name of the show episode. No, but it did work out that way. And I'm not going to fight it. The first thing I want to say about this episode, though, is going into it, you have to understand that there is near zero continuity between episodes of A Pup Named Scooby-Doo. It is a cartoon. The continuity is that Shaggy, Velma, Freddy, Daphne, and Scooby all know each other. Also, they live in Coolville, and um, that's, that's basically it. 
Yep. This episode, like all episodes of Pup Names Can Be Do, opens with the same 60s-esque doo-wop song. Yes. And Shaggy is once again our narrator. I think the show also did a very good job, and I think it's something that other Scooby-Doo shows would, would land on, making Shaggy the, like, audience point. Yeah, I think he's a good frame of reference to, like, put things into perspective. And now, for some reason, my brain just wants at least, like, one episode of, like, a more classic Scooby-Doo episode. Both Shaggy doing the narration, like, it's a fucking serious noir film. Yeah, like, honestly, I, I would I would have killed for a Velma show where it was from Velma's point of view. And instead of being, like, a comedy... It's, like, a noir detective series because Velma takes that shit seriously, unlike the rest of the group. God, Mindy Kaling, what are you doing? Why are you out here ruining what could have been? Yeah. Anyways, though, like you said, Shaggy starts it with a narration, and it's that... Well, it was late at night, and he and Scooby were up for a late night snack. And snack, obviously, when we're talking about Shaggy and Scooby, is a relative term. They have a giant container of popcorn, like, larger than human-sized container of popcorn. I also believe this is pre-Shaggy being vegan. I don't know if that's the case, but it also may just be the fact that... Casey Kasem? Yeah, I I don't think he's playing Shaggy either. He is. Oh, then I would think. So yeah, I would assume it is before he switched to being vegan. I think Casey Kasem... Jason was always vegan, but it's, yeah. I mean, before he made an active push last request to have Shaggy also be. But yeah, while they're eating this midnight snack, they're also watching the news when a bulletin interrupts and explains that the last national bank was robbed. And the only eyewitness claims it was a sludge monster from the Earth's core that robbed the store. Yeah, he knows it's a janitor who knows that the vault was open and some sort of creature was robbing it. Um, and then the broadcaster specifically says, it's time for kids and dogs to go to bed. Yeah, because they were getting ready to turn off the TV before that. And he goes, no, wait, you, the, the young boy and the dog. And then at the end of it, he's like, now it's time for all the boys and dogs to go to bed. Yes. So then Scooby goes outside to his doghouse. Yeah. Yep. And he opens the little door on it and we see a weird monster. A sludge monster. So of course, Scooby runs inside the house, but he does take a moment to pause and wipe his paws before he heads inside. Because we're respectful. Respectful in this house. Exactly. That's gonna be a, that's a reference to a TikTok series that uh nobody's gonna get. So he runs up to Shaggy and mentions that there was a monster in his doghouse. Yep. And so then him and Shaggy both hide under the counter of the bathroom sink. As one does. <laughs> to be fair, if I was a monster and I was burglarizing somebody's house, that's not a place I would check for people. Yeah, I don't think I would either. So they call the rest of the Scooby-Doo investigation agency, and they all show up in their pajamas. Of course, Daphne is annoyed by even the idea of such a large monster fitting into Scooby's tiny doghouse. Fred. Fred has a pretty good idea of who who it is. (laughs) Yep. So then we kind of just cut from there to see the gang knocking on a window. Yeah, they've created a human ladder out of themselves. Mm -hmm. And the window gets thrown open. And of course, obviously, our villain is Red Herring. And Red's just like, what are you doing? And Fred's like, admit it, you scared Scooby. And it's like, no, I didn't. What's wrong with you, Jones? Why are you waking me up at one in the morning? No, 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 no. That's not what happens here. Red's like, that wasn't me, Jones. And Fred goes, well, then why are you up? You just woke me up. And then he kind of shows them. And he the, he, the also, human ladder falls he down. also gives us a time frame. It's now 1 a.m. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's very good. 
Fred decides that they need to check Scooby's doghouse because that's where he, they saw the monster. Mm-hmm. Should check the doghouse out. So they should all go in and have a look. And Daphne's obviously just like, no, it's small. It probably has fleas and maybe even worse, dust. And they yeah. get a Durant relent though, and they all go into Scooby's doghouse. Scooby does the bribed via three Scooby yes. snacks to go into his own doghouse. And this is my favorite bit of cartoonism out of the entire Pup Named Scooby-Doo series because this is like a, a running bit going forward. Mm-hmm. Scooby's doghouse is a TARDIS. It is a TARDIS. It's massively bigger on the inside. Um, and once they get inside, uh, Daphne looks around and is like, oh, it's almost as nice as my mansion. And Scooby's like, thank you. And she's like, I said almost. And then Fred's like, you know, it's so big in here. But it's so large. It looks like we'll have to split up, gang. And Shaggy and Scooby turn the idea down just dead, dead, dead right there. They're like, nope, we're staying right here in the entrance hall where it is safe. And then, of course, uh, once the others leave, they don't stay in the entrance hall where it is safe because Scoobs. Scoobs has a pretty large kitchen in his in his uh, doghouse. Yeah. So they also Scooby keeps his food in a safe. Yeah. They're walking through a hall of portraits and Scooby just opens a portrait and behind it's a fucking wall safe. that's just a fridge. Yes. So while they chow down, the sludge monster shows up and starts a chase scene through Scooby's mansion to, again, the monster theme of the show, uh, because if every monster gets its own theme. Yeah. This one, less doo more 80s pop. I would say so, but like doo vibes. And Scooby and Shaggy end up hiding in the attic of Scooby's subterranean doghouse, which should just be the tiny little entrance we saw, arguably, if it's the attic. But whatever. Cartoon. The monster's already there. So they run again. Yep. Daphne and Fred say they don't see any signs of a monster, but at the same time, Velma finds a muddy footprint. And Daphne's obviously scooby needs a maid soon after they then find shag and scooby hiding in a suit of armor well they find it because fred gets terrified because the armor is moving yeah Yeah. shaking Velma then analyzes the mud from the footprint discovers that it's sewer mud Mm -hmm. as opposed to normal mud which i guess would have different profiles that you could test for so shaggy goes to call the cops but the phone has sludge on it yeah but then right after they go to call the cops the police call out to them and say that they have the area surrounded and come out with their hands up so they rush out of the doghouse and they talk to shag Shaggy's dad, who is one of the police officers yep. at the scene. I don't know if that was a thing that was ever established in, Scoo- in Scooby-Doo, Where Are You? If we knew that Shaggy Norville's father was a cop. I don't think so, but I think it's actually been in other Scooby-Doo media after that. The things that get established in this are like, unlike in Velma, Fred isn't rich. He's yep. His family's well off, but they're not rich. Yeah, upper middle class at worst, probably. Daphne's family. Rich. Insanely rich. So rich that they Eventually inv- we get Jenkins, her butler, that just appears at her beckoning. So rich that they invented a brand of dog snacks for their daughter's friend's dog. Yes. He's their, their manufacturer. There's like a Scooby-Doo snack factory somewhere. I think we see it in one of the episodes of the series. Yeah. Yeah. So that's how rich she is. Yeah. And Velma's just a tech genius, which is like the one thing that doesn't carry over. I get it. anything. Like the idea is how can we show Velma smart without having her- Yeah. How can we show Velma is smart in a kid's cartoon without making things actually like kind of complicated? Oh, she'll just do weird machines. She'll do machines. Exactly. She's the Donatello. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Wait a minute. <laughs> 
<laughs> that means we have to do this real quick. Shaggy's we, Michelangelo, we, we, Freddy's Leonardo, Daphne's Raphael. But why does that make Scooby? Splinter. Mm, see, I knew that's where that was going to go, but I don't think I agree. It's the only thing that works. You're, 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 Shaggy is definitively Michelangelo. Yes, 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 yes. But Fred is definitively Leonardo because he's the leader. Hear me out, though. Okay, hearing you out. Scooby's Casey. Oh, that, that's so much better. You're right. Shit. You're so much better at this than me. There is no Master Splinter. Unless you're specifically talking about a pup named Scooby-Doo, Jenkins is Splinter. He offers wisdom and occasionally comes when they need help. But most of the time he lets them handle it on his own. That means Scrappy is Milo Davinas. Yes. <laughs> Anyways, though, so they're all outside. Shaggy's dad, who was a cop, is talking to them. And Shaggy explains the situation. And he's like, his dad's like, there are no monsters. We're looking for an actual criminal. You guys need to go back into the house where it's safe. And don't wake your mom or your sister, which I didn't, I forgot Shaggy had a sister too. Don't wake your mom or your sister or they will kill me. Yes. And then we see that the bank president has shot to complain to the police about why they haven't caught the thief yet. The bank president's pretty sure it's the janitor, so why haven't they gotten him? Well, my favorite part here is, pup named Scooby-Doo here is showing how specifically the police are there to exist to serve the bourgeoisie. Yeah. Because the bank guy shows up and starts yelling at the police. And the police immediately capitulate to try to appease the man who has money. Exactly. Shaggy's dad less so, but... Yeah, but the cops seem to agree that, yeah, it's definitely the janitor. Why? Because you insisted, and also... He works as a janitor. Obviously, he's a criminal. Yeah. He has less money than you. So the kids head back inside. Well, Velma uses a magnifying glass and examines something on the bank owner's outfit and looks vaguely intrigued. Mm -hmm. But then they all head back inside of Scooby's house. Where they are confronted by the bank janitor. Who tells them that he didn't rob the bank. It was a sludge monster from the Earth's core. And that he's also looking for him and... Follow them here. And when they, when Shaggy and Scooby tell him that they saw the sludge monster, he's very intrigued because he's like, see, I, I knew it. I knew it. I'm not making things up. Yes. And then when the janitor hears the sirens, he bells. But before he does, he does give Scooby his card in case Scooby wants to hire a cleaner. Because it's a pretty big place and he could do with a maid or a cleaner or a janitor of some sort. So at this point, the crew comes to the conclusion that it was the janitor because he ran off when the cop sirens lit up. Daphne agrees. And that Scooby didn't actually see a monster he was just imagining things so velma though hasn't really given any input but she goes to get some water it's daphne that tries to get the water i thought it was velma that tries to get the water no it spews out muddy water gets all over daphne and then they decide to go investigate the basement to figure out why that's happening and what do you know there's a giant hole in the basement and it's there's a bunch of gold coins around yeah and shaggy's looking around and he's like scoop why didn't you say anything you're rich Scooby's just like that. That's not my gold, man. Yep. And in the bro, you you think I'd still be living with you if I had this much fucking money? And it's like, I mean, yeah, similarly, you have you already have a fucking mansion. You're a dog. Yeah. The hole that you mentioned in the basement apparently goes 130 feet down, and there's more sewer mud. Yeah. But Velma prints a map, a scan. Like she scans it and then prints a map of it. Uh huh. And Scooby here has to be bribed with a whole box of Scooby snacks to go down in the hole with the rest of them. Mm-hmm. And we see that it's the sewer, and there's like this little raft in the sewer. Yeah. They- they're all kind of just complaining. That they boat along an inflatable raft, which I assume mm-hmm. Velma carries with her. Yeah, and they're all obviously complaining because it's a sewer, and that's gross. 
But uh, they find another hole in a ladder. And it, it's to the bank. It's right up into the vault. And in the vault, they encounter the sludge monster who uses a key to get out of the bank or into the bank. And yeah, they all wonder how, they, how the sludge monster got a key. And Fred, Fred has an answer. Obviously. Okay, hear me uh, out. It's Red Herring. The sludge monster got the key from his partner, Red Herring. Because the mud, which is sewer mud, comes from Red's backyard. And the monster must be a mole man because red is working with the mole man in an attempt to take over the world yep but the monster finds them they run and uh we get a small little thing that we see so many so often in like the other scooby franchise parts where scooby and shaggy pretend to be something and in this they pretend to be bankers and they're setting the monster up with an account they're giving him free stuff like a toaster Mm -hmm. god you remember you remember back in the time when you could open a bank account and they'd give you a free toaster no you know the best part is that's an actual thing that used to happen. I'm aware. They would just give you stuff for opening an account. They would give you stuff for taking out loans. You know the you know the most I've ever been given for opening a bank account? A Tootsie Roll. A plastic cup with the bank's name on it and a pen. I've never been given a pen by a bank. I, um, I'm i pretty sure they'd stab me before letting me, letting me take a pen. They have the cheapest fucking pens attached to like a heavy fucking logging chain. Oh, no, this wasn't one of those pins. This was a clicky pin that had the bank's name on it. So a pin that's actually nicer than those ones. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we get this chase scene. Well, th- th- that leads into a chase scene. Even down into the sewer and back to Scooby's place. Th- the song kicks back in. Mm-hmm. And we see that they've boarded up the hole now. And Shaggy's wondering, what what, what, what are we going to do now? Don't worry, though. Velma has a plan. Yep, so she th- grabs the money and whispers to all the others. So they leave a trail of gold throughout Scooby's mansion, which provokes the monster into chasing them. Scooby and Shaggy wait outside and spray the monster down with a garden hose. But instead, Scooby loses control of the hose and he sprays the Scooby gang. But he does get the monster too. And this leads to another larger chase scene set to the same monster music we've heard twice already. Yeah, because the monster stops just before they can spray it off with water. They chase them. And they chase it. They, part of the chase goes through Shaggy's house, which leads to a gag about not waking up Shaggy's mom and sister. Mm-hmm. Like they stop the chase with the monster. Mm-hmm. They're like, hold on. And then, of course, the quiet is ruined when Scooby eats a chip. And then everyone, including the monster, all turn to him and shush him. Yeah. Classic, classic comedy. So the chase resumes in earnest at that point. And then during the chase, they all dunk out the doggy door because they're all kids. Yep. And the monster gets stuck. Yep. Um, we cut to the next morning. And the janitor and cops are thanking the gang for catching the monster. Yes. And the best part here is the janitor, who's right next to him, and the monster still stuck in the doggy door, Fred insists that the monster must be the janitor. And then Velma and Daphne kind of like... How? He's right here. And then Fred's like, oh. It must be red then. It must be red herring. But finally, Velma reveals that it was the bank owner and that she was able to figure that out because the bank owner's um, suit when he showed up last night had sewer mud on it. That matched the crime scene. Yep, and that's the end of the episode. Mm-hmm. That's the end of our two episodes of Pup Named Scooby-Doo. Justice, what were your thoughts on this series? And would you watch more? Honestly, first off, so much fucking better than Velma. Like, I mean, yes. Leagues, leagues above. Ah! So I definitely did watch more as a kid. Like, I think it's obvious that this isn't necessarily the case where we've never seen the show before. I will say this is the first time I've watched any episodes in a sequential order with the intent of watching them in a sequential order. Yes, definitely. But what I watch more is a kind of a weird question because, like, 
the show has big nostalgia for me, mm-hmm. but like not the type that I think I ever need to revisit. Fair enough. And I would never go out of my way to watch the show. You know, not because the show is bad. I actually, re-watching it, discovered, man, I actually, I think the show holds up. I think the show is actually pretty good. But that doesn't mean it's a show that is for a fucking 25-year-old adult. I mean, the, um, the, but if it's ever on in the background or fuck it. I'm around a little kid who wants to watch a cartoon and likes Scooby-Doo. Why the fuck not? For a cartoon that is 35 years old. 35 years old? Yeah, it holds up insanely well. And I, well, I might not want to watch, like, the whole show or, like... I might watch the episode where Red Herring is the actual monster. Which is brilliant. But, no, I think what, I would, what I'd be most likely to do is to go find a YouTube compilation of all the monster songs from the show. Like, those are fun. I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to wait until some YouTuber, because someone's going to do it, does, like, a... Seven to ten hour video essay on a pup named Scooby-Doo. And then I'll watch that. I don't think we'll get a seven to ten hour. Nope, I stand by my statement. You forget. You flesh it out more when you have more things you can tie into it. And a pup named Scooby-Doo is part of a much larger franchise. Wait, is it? Yep. Oh, yeah. It's a prequel to Velma. Yeah, because Velma happens in high school, and this happens when they're kids. You know, this doesn't even make sense in the same, like, vein as Velma. Like, I know Pup Name Scooby-Doo is, like, technically non-canon to the Scooby-Doo franchise. Yeah. But it's it's big not canon to Velma. Yeah. Anyways, uh, yeah, I enjoyed the show. It's fun. It's got good music. All the characters have hints of who they will be. Yes. And while Fred's comes closest to pure character assassination by making him a conspiracy theorist, it is, like, a fun idea that, like, he started, like, super far, like, down conspiracy lane and, like, was tempered out by the rest of the yeah, group Yeah, r- really just, time. like, bad at his job because, obviously, being part of a mystery hunting gang is their job at a point. And he's just bad at it to start, man. He's all about that confirmation bias. Listen, it was Red Herring, which also, the fact that his name is Red Herring, chef's kiss. It's perfect. It's it's like the perfect level of like stupid little joke, but it's it's a joke that gets you. But yeah, I think that's going to be it for this. We're two months into 2023 and we have now reviewed two separate Scooby-Doo origin story. Hopefully by March, we can review a third one. God, I really want that YouTube fan series to get an episode yeah. two out. Which, in, in that, was Shaggy's dad a cop? I think Shaggy's dad was a cop. Yeah, 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 because that's part of the irony there because Shaggy deals drugs in that and his yeah, dad's a cop. Yeah, that's right. If you don't know what we're talking about, it's, what is it called? Scooby-Doo? It's not called Scooby-Doo anything because they can't do that. Yeah, that's right. It's called Mystery Incorporated. Very good, very good. The first episode is insanely good. It is. It's on YouTube. Watch it. It's all the best things about Riverdale in Scooby-Doo. Yeah. Like, Velma was all the worst things about Riverdale. All the worst things you ever heard about Riverdale made into a TV show. Mystery Incorporated is the inverse of that. It's only one episode, but it is all a fan project funded by Indiegogo because obviously they can't get actual backing because to make it as true to Scooby-Doo as possible that they could in a manner that they thought would be good and fun. They're using actual character names, actual occasions, and all of that. Which means they can't make profit. Yes. So go some Support them. Go find Mystery Incorporated on Indiegogo and support them. But you know who else you could support on Patreon? Oh, man. There's so many people on Patreon. You could support a lot of shit on Patreon. You know who else you could support on Patreon that matters? I mean, <sighs> System Mastery, right? Like, let's be real. One Shot Podcast Network. Uh, Beyond the Stars, I think, is the new Brennan Lee Mulligan thing. Worlds Beyond Numbers. Worlds Beyond Numbers, yeah. Um, Nerd Rolls Bard. 
There's so many good, but the us, you can support Copilot's Review on Patreon. So if you want to do that, you can find that link on our website, copilotsreview.simplecast.com. Which has links to a bunch of our stuff that you can use to contact us. It has a link to our email, copilotsreview at gmail.com. It has a link to our Twitter, which is at copilotsreview. It doesn't have a link to our Hive, but that is also at copilotsreview. Yep. And also on there, you can find a link to our Discord and our YouTube as well. And if you want to get in contact with us, that's all the ways to do it. But anyways, we want to thank you for flying with us. Thank you for following along with this second origin story of Scooby-Doo. And please fly again soon.